Good morning, everybody. You know, whenever the music starts uh, and it's it's Monday morning and that music starts and I know we're getting ready to go live for Girl Club, it, I, I actually get so happy because I, I, I was telling the girls um, earlier and uh, that this is like the best part of my week. And then from about the time we go off air until the following Monday, it's kind of all downhill from there. I'm kidding. But you know what I mean. I'm really happy to be with all of you guys this morning. Welcome to Girl Club. This is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues, seeking to apply a very real faith and hopefully helping you to apply and walk in your real faith. So joining me today is the entire tribe. And I'm always happy when the entire tribe of uh, Girl Club members are here. And you guys know them. For those of you who are regulars, you know that... um, I am really blessed to sit next to three powerful uh, teachers, evangelists, moms, wives, except CB, who's our little sister. She's, she's, she's uh, holding it down for all the single girls out there. So right now, just welcome Christina Boudreaux, our resident baby sister and single girl powerhouse chick evangelist for Jesus. Cheers. What's up? What up, girl? You're very somber and serious right now. Oh, you know, I'm just like, you know, out here, real children, uh, real talk, real issues, real faith, real grandchildren, you know. <laughs> okay, you guys, that's an inside joke. We're not going there. We're going we're gonna to move on. And then, of course, you guys know the other Christina in the show, Christina Reynolds, who is an incredible singer and songwriter and amongst all and of I- the other things. Hey, Christina, what you doing? <laughs> Good morning. I'm here. I made yeah, it. I know. I know. That's how I feel too. It's like I made it. And I had to set up this morning all by myself. My husband wasn't here to do the lights and the mic and the all of the stuff that he does to set me up every Monday morning, which I never take for granted because I had to do it all myself this morning. Um, I guess it's not that big a deal. And anyway, last but certainly not least, our uh, our other mic drop sister, she's always got something wise to contribute out of her completely full storehouse. And that is Nova Page. Another, you guys, you and Christina with your singing, I I always introduce you and I always say what a talented singer, songwriter, you know, that you are on top of being a teacher and a pastor and worship leader and evangelist. But I don't actually, if you guys haven't actually heard their music, I really encourage you like you know, when you're done here and during the week, man, Google them and check them out and yeah. check out Christina Boudreaux and the Whosoever's movement. It's really powerful, especially for those of you who have, you know, teenagers and young people in your life, because the Whosoever's really impact a generation of youth here in America and around the world. So, um, here we are. It's Monday morning and uh, we welcome all of you. I see. Um, good morning, ladies. Power of a Virtuous Woman. It's good to see you. And Pamela Lee. Yep, Pamela, you are right. 9 a.m. That's when we start. 9 a.m. California time. So PST. And then Monday's Girl Club is live at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. 12 noon in New York. Eastern Standard Time, so EST. We have viewers from all over the world, so I'm doing my best to explain this. It's not that I think you guys are too dumb to know what time it starts in your area. It's just that I really am because there's so many people that sometimes I'll say good morning and I forget, for example, that in the UK right now, uh, it's 5 p.m. Hey, Miche, good morning. Nice to see you. 
And um, in South Africa, for our South African contingency, I think it's, is it 6 p.m., Anna, or 7 p.m.? Somewhere in the, Anna's in the control booth. So oh, she said 6 p.m. 6, 6 p.m. Okay, it is 6 p.m. So welcome, everybody, all around the world. It's good to see you guys. And uh, hey, Adrienne. Adrienne? Yes. Well, it's good to see you, MZ. I'm here. Yay. Well, we're happy to have you here. And um, you guys, thanks for uh, joining us. All right, Tribe, how you doing this week? <laughs> <laughs> CB. Um, so I have a cool story. So um, you guys know that, you know, the whosoever's we usually tour like our the, the public schools, you know, and we do assemblies during lunchtime and we do like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do, we'll usually partner with like a Christian club and we'll like line this whole, like the lunch bleachers during lunchtime with like pizza. We pack kids in, we throw out products. Sometimes we pack like 800 kids in a gym during lunchtime. And when we do altar calls, like so many kids come forward and it's awesome. But since COVID, um, a lot of what we've done, like we've kind of, we kind of, we consider ourselves missionaries and a lot of what we've done, we've kind of been on furlough because a lot, we've been doing like skate parks and church events, but that's like a 10th of what we do. It's mainly like international stuff in schools has kind of been like our thing. And so um, we've been able to do some Christian schools as of late, but going back in the public schools, it's been such a pull and tug with like, even with like the, with COVID and restrictions like here in California and stuff. But um, on Friday, it was so cool because uh, when Ryan first brought me on, when Ryan was just doing all the schools in California, he brought me on as a, like, I was doing stuff with them for years, but in in 2018, he brought me to Tustin High School in Orange County to see how to run, like, you know, um, he was just like, hey, I want to get you in speaking on our schools and to bring you on as like a full-time ambassador for the schools, um, for the whosoever's. He's like, I've been watching your life and I know it's in you. And it was at Tustin High School, actually, that I um, saw Ryan speak for the first time at the school and just all the kids come forward. And I had gone to some of their other school events over the years, just like support and stuff. But this is the one that I really saw God move. And it was crazy because on Friday was our first school, public school we've done in two and a half years because of COVID. And it was at Tustin High School which was so awesome. So it was like, so I got to do that one again. Yeah. And it came full circle and we got to do um, like the pizza. We got to do everything just like we, how we had done before. And it was such a mark of redemption. And I really feel like the Lord was just like, Christina, everything that the enemy has thrown at this generation, like you got to throw it back at them. And it was crazy because my friend Austin that I told you guys about, who him like him and his wife are amazing like he used to be the lead singer of mice and men and ryan led him to the lord he has morphin syndrome so he's no longer a part of his band but he is one of our whosoever ambassadors and he got to watch me on friday because he's going to be getting in on the schools as well he got to see pretty much i got to see how to do the schools at tustin high school through ryan and he got to see me at tustin high school on how to do the high schools through me so now he's gonna you know jump on the bandwagon but it was crazy because like a couple months ago, the Lord gave me this like vision of like almost like a boxing ring. And in the boxing ring, there was like all these dark figures all in the stands and they were all just like the enemy. And there was like a, a boxer in the ring and he was just like, I have the victory. I have the victory. Like, like, does anyone have a contender? Does anyone want to like face me off, you know, and coming through the, um, 
the boxing stadium was the Lord, you know, just like you just see the Lion of Judah, like coming through, you know, like the stadium. And I was standing next to him, but I had this dark cloak over me, kind of like how um, boxers do. And there's all these figures coming behind us and all the figures aligned around the boxing rink. And on the counter three, the Lord was like, one, two, three, all the dark figures took their cloaks off and they were all angels dressed in white. And the Lord was like, I have a contender for you. And the Lord was like, get in the rink and throw back up the enemy, everything that he's done, you know, he's thrown your way. And it was just like in this season, like when the enemy has completely dominated the political entertainment, music, Hollywood arena, because I'm full sending back in the modeling industry too, dude. Like literally this is like a full send launch. The Lord is like looking for contenders who are willing to step in the arena where the enemy has dominated this last two and a half years. And dude, that day, like, I don't know what came upon our team. We were just like, because we haven't done schools like that in a while, but it all came together and we were hype. Like, there was so much joy. There was so much like life. And when we like, and I, um, I spoke that day and kids came forward and we were all just like praying and stuff with the kids. And these kids came up to us crying, dude. And what there was one kid specifically that came up to me and dude, there was probably like, 200 kids that came forward to give their lives to Christ during our altar call. Like they're going to release a video. I made a reel and Ryan's like, take it down, take it down. Like we want to like post it on our thing. I was like, okay. Cause usually we do so many schools. They don't care, but he was like, this is our first one as a launch. So we want to post it. But, um, this kid came up to me crying. This like, he looked like he could have been like, he had like long red hair. He was like this cute kind of like grunge kid. And he just was sobbing. And he was like, I haven't seen joy like that since before the lockdowns he's like seeing you guys jump up and down and throw out the merch and laugh and and just high five us like like that is what touched him and I was just like dude and seriously man like these kids were standing in line crying wanting to talk to us Mm -hmm. like and I realized that everything what the enemy doesn't realize is that all of him going and running amok this last two and a half years with our kids has actually prepared their hearts to receive the gospel. Come that is on one thing that he doesn't realize. Like he Come thinks on. that he has completely destroyed them, but what he doesn't know is they are now in a perfect place to receive the gospel in Christ. Cause before they're like, Oh, we're good. Nothing's wrong in the world. We don't need Christ. But now there's going to be a greater harvest because of everything that's happened this two and a half years. So like, dude, <sighs> we are getting ready to party. And I was just so excited because it had been two and a half years and it's, and it, the Lord, I mean, I feel like so many Christians are in this place. Sorry, this is like a tangent, but they're in this place where they're like complacent and they are, they're seeing the enemy in the boxing ring, you know, like I have the victory who's a contender and they're like, no dude, like the enemy's won. like, look at the state of the world. But it's like, God is looking for people to rise up during this time to say, you know what? I'll challenge you. I'll step in that boxing ring. Like, awful send back into Hollywood, you know, back in the schools or whatever people's arenas are, you know? And so that was what I had my youth kids pray me out on Thursday and Wednesday. Um, Cause as I step back out with our the tours and back into modeling, you know, like they, it's like me having to step down from doing ministry at my church so I could focus on what God has for me, like out, you know, in the, in my mission field. But that's what I, I challenged them with. I said, you need to ask the Lord what your arena is, what your boxing arena is. And you need to you need to go out and you need to dominate that because it's time, dude. The Lord is looking 
for those. So I'm ready, bro. Like, I need to see some stars. I need dude, to see dude, some it stars. Is <laughs> and I explained to them the boxing like vision. I don't know if they fully got it. They said they did, but I was like, it's okay, dude. They're prophetic. Like, it's fine. But I just know that, dude, it's time. Like, it's time yeah. for Christians to stop putting their tails between their legs yeah. and being like, oh, the enemy, this, the enemy, that. It's like, yes, the enemy. But look at who is beside you. Like coming through that boxing arena was the Lion of Judah, dude. Like he has the victory. Like do you, do you read the end of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Like he resurrected, dude. So it's time for all of us to be resurrected, my sister. Amen. So, Come on. Wow. It's time to rise. It's time for your son to rise and everyone to rise. <laughs> do you know what is so crazy is that? So, so you guys know, like we've spent so the- we spent like what five or six weeks uh, talking about, you know, just the church and the number of Christians who love Jesus but aren't going to church. And I think last week we really landed in a beautiful invitation from the Lord to people all around the world to re-engage, you know, with their church. I, local church could be five minutes from you or five hours from you. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter. Just you know, you're, get in, engage in the body of Christ you know, and the part of it that's functioning as a church. But I think what you just um, hit on, Christina, is the other beautiful thing that came out of our conversations too, which is that it's not necessarily like the scriptural church, but there are these other movements and these other ways of gathering together to fellowship, to study, to love on each other, and to live out Christ in our lives that has really come out of, you know, this whole like, season of COVID and lockdown and just this beating up of the church and leaders falling off pedestals and all, all the crazy, that's actually just a part of the world that we live in. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I hear you talking, it just, it makes me excited because, you know, today I thought, you know what, let's, let's, let's just continue this conversation, but let's, let's focus now on what moving on and moving forward looks like with Christ Because at the end of the day, you know, once we give voice to our grievances and and once we kind of get it out there on the table, and I do think that this is the bad stuff. This is the good stuff. This is how we feel. Yeah. We had a little Mm -hmm. power surge there. Right. And, and then, Yeah. Yeah. And then it yeah, like, you, you cut out Cynthia. Can you, can you rewind a bit? Cause you cut out. And I think what you were saying was super important. Okay. I was just saying that I think as Christians, we can be a lot more effective when we function the way that we, we only know how to function here in girl club, which is we get the junk on the table. You know, we mm-hmm. look at it. There's no conversation we're going to shy away from. There's no issue that's too yeah. nasty or messy or, or weird for us because we live in this world, but we're not of this world. And the only way to be in this world and not of this world is to, we don't want to be curious about evil, right? Because the Bible says we're not to be curious about evil. But when the evil's put in our face and we need to know what we're dealing with, we, we want to understand it and overcome it and take authority over it in Christ. And the only way to right. do that, man, is to talk about it with each other. And yeah, dude. how do you move on and move forward if you don't, you know, acknowledge when you're stuck mm-hmm. in, in a place? Right. I would actually, I would want to jump off of Christine. I, w- I wanted to share just like 
about some really amazing things that happened this week that I think are just a testimony to what God wants to do in the church, especially with what we've been talking about, just being hurt and being, you know, just going through it, trying to work through like, how do I love the church when I just don't feel like, when I feel like, you know, punching you them into that. What would you say? What'd punching you- them. <laughs> right, right, right. Or you just feel like isolating or running away and like, you know, we left off on a really good point last week where like we were left with a question, which was, I forget who asked it, but one of you guys, one of you viewers had asked. So the question is, what are we willing to do to be the change? And we all kind of filtered through, you know, the things are like, you know, and I just remember me going and my utter brokenness and my, you know, just my, my weakness, my weak guess going, I'm willing to forgive. I'm willing Mm. to like stay away and keep, uh, keep that root of bitterness out of my heart. Flash forward to the next day. It wasn't it was literally the next day that we were, as a family, were struck with a situation after situation after situation that just, I mean, I sent out the SOS text to the girl club, to the girl club chat. And I was like, please pray for me. Like, I don't even know. Like, this is seems so overwhelming. You know, I just mm. said I would forgive. And now I'm faced with all these circumstances where I should forgive, but I don't want to. And like, I just felt so defeated. Like, like, will I ever be able to get over, like, not just get over this, but like really relinquish this. And and honestly, at the end of the day, I, I think I was just overwhelmed with the fact that I was like, God, are you going to bring healing to, to these relationships? Are you going to bring unity to your bride? Like, like, are you like, are you going to do it? And when can you do it soon? Cause this feels just so heart wrenching. And it wasn't, it was literally the next day. So we had girl club Monday, everything blew up Tuesday, Wednesday, I come back from, I come back from running errands or something. And my husband, you know, texts me and is like, basically like, so-and-so I just got this phone with so-and-so and, and we were in tears. That's the type of reconciliation that happened. So I rush home mm-hmm. and this is with a person who has had issue with my husband for years, unresolved issue. And it's been like, really difficult you know what i'm saying and like some an altercation happened there was a lot of yelling thankfully there was no physical fighting <laughs> but what had happened was that this person reached out to my husband you know was like i'm so sorry gave like really just repented genuinely they ended up talking on the phone ended up like were able to with love talk about how they were both hurt by each other for an hour or so ended up prophesying of each other like destiny. And by the end of it, they were like, man, I wish you were here so I could hug you. Like, when are you coming to town? Let's hang. Like I'm with you, my brother, my brother, you know what I'm saying? And this is years of like, just very uncomfortable, like pain. And I was, I was, I sat back and I went, this is a literal miracle. Like I can't give all the details, but if Think of the person that hates you the most and you literally are like, I can never be friends with them ever again because they did this, this, and that. It was like God brought about, I was like, that's all I need to know. I was like, God is in it. He's going to do it. Uh, and another thing happened with another person and God brought around restoration. He's beginning to bring like like little bits of like, okay, he's in this. He's If, if we will just like, like surrender to him and continue to have that, like that weak yes in our hearts. He will bring healing to our relationships. He will bring healing to the family of God. He will bring healing to the brokenness of the church. Like it is not beyond his reach. It's not beyond his care. Like he's so committed. So I don't know. I just want to encourage you guys 
because I mean, if you would have known the depths of my despair on Tuesday and mm. then just that beautiful miracle, of just like bringing reconciliation in the midst mm. of so much like betrayal, like pain, accusation, like vindictive, like, uh, I, I literally was like, this is the work of God. No one else could have done it. No, yeah. no one else would have done it. My husband mm. wasn't willing to call this man. I'm this man. I'm cannot believe, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah. Anyways, I feel like I'm rambling, but I just want to like thank the Lord and like just give testimony to the fact that he will do it in like the worst circumstances. He will bring healing and restoration. So I have hope. I'm not out of the woods yet, but like, I'm like, I have hope to go, okay, I will continue to surrender. I will continue to like in the midst of feeling victimized, go, no, I'm not a victim. I'm going to exercise forgiveness. I'm going to exercise like growing in tenderness, all of that. Yeah. And well, I just, no, yeah. yeah, no, I get it. It's just, it's, it's to what Christina Boudreaux said. Like <clears throat> if we, if we stop choosing to be victims, you know, even as the church, we can begin to walk in our victory. And I do think, yes. you know, I do think that there's, I do think that the hearts of a lot of people, you know, if we look at the glasses half full and we look at our nations and our, I mean, our country, you know, it's a mess, right? You know, everybody's like, everybody knows it. Inflation's at an all time high. Gas prices are so ridiculous that like, I used to think that getting my whole foods delivered for $10 from Amazon was excessive. Yeah. Try driving to the market and back. You're going to spend the same 10 bucks. So you might as well use Amazon. Like it's right there. And then it makes me go into the conspiracy of, are they really doing this to us so that we can all just have to order from Amazon? Like crazy. Like the world is crazy, right? The conspiracy theories are out there all over the place and they don't sound so conspiratorial. Half of them sound true because you know how evil people are, right? But because of what Paul wrote to Timothy, to Mm -hmm. Timothy three, for in the last days, There's going to be dangerous times because men will be lovers of themselves. And we look around, we see people who love themselves more than they love God. And we see, you know, the very last part of that whole thing that Paul writes, which is so beautiful, that they'll have a form of godliness, but reject the power thereof. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how many look around, you know, you see this form of godliness in people, authenticity, self-help, living, living, you know, living like, you know, like God created me. And this is, this is my real self that God created. And, and it's like, nobody's really, really living with the power of God. But those of us who are a part of the church body, who are believers around the world, who've experienced the actual power of God in our lives should actually look at what's happened with this whole shutdown period as, as a mission field that we've been given extra weapons to advance on, because I do think that people are so broken and so at the end of themselves. And unfortunately, you guys, it usually takes me coming to the end of myself before I let God begin. Yeah, dude, I have something else to say. So even when it talks, when it, when it, as sorry, I know this is like, this is going to be a cool story to help about moving on. So you guys know everything that happened with my family in 2020, you know, they invited my abuser back, all this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have not, uh, I hadn't spoken to my father. Uh, I talked to my dad on the phone a couple weeks ago. I had not had a phone call with him since July of last year. And I hadn't seen him since June of last year. 
as I'm getting ready to be sent back out, because I'm going to be back and forth to Mexico the last few months. We got tours, all this stuff. The Lord spoke to me last week and he said, you need to have dinner with your parents like before you go out. There's something that I need to do like inside of you. And I was just like, okay. And at that point, like it wasn't even like I was like anxious to see them. It wasn't that I was even like nervous to see them. I was just like, okay, cool. And so I texted my mom and she was like, oh, your brother's actually in town. Because my brother who used to be an addict, who's recovered now, like moved to Atlanta for work and he's not in town very often. And he actually was in town this week. So I knew that was the Lord. And so um, when I, on long story short, on Saturday, I saw my father for the first time in 10 months and just seeing my mom and I had dinner with them. And for me, it was such, there wasn't even, cause I think when your heart, like, just like when you work out, like your heart muscle tears, right. And when you go through hard things, like your heart muscle tears, and that's like an open wound. And for me, like, even when I started working out again, I was doing legs every day. And my friend's like, dude, you need to like, let your muscles, your muscles are tearing every day, they need a day to rest, to repair and rebuild and get stronger. And that's how you build muscle. But if you're in the gym every day, just doing legs, your muscles are tearing, and they never can heal and get stronger. And so basically, over this last 10 months, that part of my heart muscle, when it came to my father, it was torn, but God has repaired it, rebuilt it, and it has become stronger. So now walking into a situation like I did Saturday, being able to see my dad and not be hurt by him, not having a victim mentality, not allowing the brokenness of being you know, thrown away and abandoned by him to determine my worth and where I get my identity from. I walked away from that dinner that day and I was just like, Lord, I'm good. You know, we kind of had like surface conversation and wasn't really anything too deep, but I think I needed that closure to move forward in this season of ministry. Cause all the kids that we reach, especially in Mexico, we're doing like five schools a day next month, like all kids from broken homes, abuse, cartel kids, everything. And so I think it really is that God allows often allows us on the other side of that muscle being torn, like like on the other side of that healing, when he's healed you, he allows you to walk back into those situations that once hurt you, yeah. show you how far you've come. So even though reality, my situation with my parents hasn't changed, like my home mm-hmm. situation, right? With them, even though that hasn't changed, you have changed. Even mm-hmm. though that is still a wounding place, you mm-hmm. have now been healed. So you can kind of walk into it and be like, this doesn't move me. This doesn't like you know, wound me anymore, you know? And so I think that that's part of moving forward is allowing God to heal you so that even those situations at church, family, friends, work dynamics, ministry dynamics don't change, you have changed and it doesn't move you the way that it once did. So yeah, yeah, I don't know if that made sense, but. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. It most certainly does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, dude. That was like 10 months in the making. That was in December when my parents didn't text me on Christmas Day, feeling so abandoned and so alone on Christmas Day, feeling so isolated on Christmas Day. Because even though I was around people that I consider family here, not having my parents text me or call me and say Merry Christmas, like that shook me. But it was on Christmas Day that the Lord said, you've allowed, you've rooted your identity in your family. And that is broken. And you will continue to feel broken and ashamed and abandoned. And you will, you will allow that to be, you will you will continually allow what happened to you to become the fabric of your identity, unless you choose to allow me to heal this area. So I took that root out and I planted it deeper in the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
So now when I saw my parents that day, I was just like, I can't allow two human beings and what they did to determine the course of my life, Mm, to determine the foundation of my identity. So whether that's church or even what happened with Pottersfield in Montana, I can't allow that to determine how I view church for the rest of my life. So true. Or anything. Yeah. And you know what, Christina? It's hard, dude. That's right. I was going to say it's, we've watched the journey and we've watched you process this. And I think it's an encouragement to people watching going, that didn't happen overnight for Christina. This is part of transformation. This is part of laying it down and laying it down again and saying, what now, God? And being broken, having tears, being honest and saying, okay, God, yes to you. Yes to you. And we've watched you, Christina, you know, over the past couple of years, just be um, honest and broken and real. And I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful to hear your testimony. Cause I know, I know that there are people that need that kind of a testimony. You know, I was, um, I haven't spoken yet today, but my week was kind of a little crazy too. And I have a couple mm-hmm. stories, but I think considering what we're talking about, um, we, we had a, um, well, Ricky's uh, sister, come into town. She's a New Yorker, uh, moved, grew up in California, but moved to New York to actually get away from the rest of the family. And um, we've always kept a connection with her. But um, when my husband was about 18, she's, she's, I think, six or seven years older. And she was, she had moved out and then she invited him to stay with her. And this was about the time he gave his life to Christ. And she had been so, she had been abused by a family member. She had been abused by uh, the church, um, a, a church I would consider more of a cult church, to be honest with you. So she was a God hater. Mm-hmm. And when I met her over the years, I'm like, she's so like amazing and full of life, but she is void of God. Like she was like, don't talk to me about God. You couldn't mention God without her just physically just manifesting this. Like here's a wall. And if you talk to me about you're out. And, um, and I understand cause she didn't have any, she had been so abused. I mean, to the point where, you know, there was a day when there was like this, you know, uh, she was eating cereal and, her, you know, she was told you have to go to church and it was shoved on her head. And she's, you know, she goes, she has to go to this church with like, you know, cereal all over her. She's, you know, just super traumatic things happen to her. And she, over the years, we've just had this relationship with her and she came uh, this past week to spend time with us. And it's just been going through some really challenging personal things. And I, you know, and I'm like, okay, Lord, like what, what, how do we show, continue to show your love to her? Cause I, I really do love her, you guys, but she's, she's been through it and she was wanting to make some big changes in her life, I think, and was wanting us to put this stamp of approval. And so instead of saying yay or nay, we just kind of walked her through and led her through. And there were so many things that happened this week. So so many hard conversations, but there were, I look for, like, I'm just like, God, there's such a, there's a miracle here in this. And I think the miracle was, you know, sometimes people just need over long periods of time to, 
to see the love of God in, in action. And we definitely haven't always done it perfect. In fact, she's the one that's like way more thoughtful. She like sends all the cards to my kids and is like amazing. Right. She's like super loving, has this like gift and she works with children and whatnot. But she said to us this week, she goes, you know, maybe if I were here, I might come to your church. And we're like, what? Like, why? And we had shared with her, you know, she had been pretty severely abused by a family member in a lot of different ways. And she, we had shared with her about how our church ministers to um, women who have been in the sex industry and who Mm -hmm. also people, you know, have, you know, been in that industry. And she was like, wow, like they didn't, your church didn't throw those women away. And we're like, no, no, we provide a, we provide like a place for them to like, to get care and love. And she's like, whoa. Cause there was, when I went to, you know, when I was made to go to church, they like this woman, you know, was being abused by her husband. And then the church excommunicated her because she like wouldn't stay with him. And I was like, man, I'm so, I'm so sorry about that. You know? And, and so like, you know, I guess my point, this whole week felt so miraculous in that way. I'm like, man, for years, I'm just like, man, just, she's so rad and so awesome, but just void of God. And for her to go like, I might come to your church because I'm thinking that like, you might actually love people that might be real. Uh. That might be like this real thing. And I, and honestly, you guys, I, I, last week, Christina uh, Reynolds, back to your point of like, you know, what are we kind of, what was the question? Like what we were willing to give up, right? Or something like that. Or what like we're that. willing to do to be the change. Like yeah. what do are we willing? Yeah. And I think my thing was like, you know what? I'm just going to give up like any agenda that I have, God. Like I'm just going to give up mm-hmm. my agenda of like business and blah, 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 blah. So I go on my, I, I have this opportunity mm-hmm. to take a day off work to go to my daughter's school to be a chaperone. And I was like, yes, I'm going to be like super mom. Get all the kids in the back of the car. Let's go. I'm going to buy you treats. I'm going to be like, this is awesome. I'm like the best mom ever. (laughs) (laughs) Goals. I'm goals. And I I shovel these kids in my car and I'm so excited because I get to be with my daughter and all her buddies. And I'm thinking we're going to the science thing. We're going to like scooch around and have a blast. And we get there and immediately the kid sitting in the back runs out of the car and like throws up everywhere. And I'm like, that's oh, yeah. right. So the kid can't go inside the science museum. It's like, there's no way. So we call the school and like, it ends up the teacher's like, I, I got to leave you here with the kid. And so an hour and a half, we couldn't get a hold of the mom. I'm sitting in the car and I'm chatting with, and I'm like, really Lord, the one time I get to go on a stinking field trip with my daughter. And he's like, what's your agenda here, daughter? And I was like, to have fun with my kid. He's like, I get that. I get that. But can you just like, can you, can you gain some perspective? I'm like, okay, Lord. So I'm sitting with this little girl and she's the sweetest little thing. And she's like talking to me in my car. I have the heat, you know, warmers on, on her and everything. It's just like cold outside. And she's like, excuse me, I have to go puke again. So she gets out of the car and she pukes (sighs) again. So we're back and forth about five times puking. But in that time, The Lord like was like, you have an opportunity here. And I was like, yeah, an opportunity to get sick. Like, he's like, no, 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 no. And he starts showing me 
how to ask this little girl questions. And we have just this most amazing conversation mm. about how much the Lord loves her. And, wow. you know, she, she, she is a little thing that has without divulging, cause I really can't, but has, you know, had some serious challenges, I think. And the Lord's like, mm-hmm. my agenda is my kids. And mm-hmm. I know your agenda is your kid right now, but this is my kid. So let go of your kid because I need you to be with my kid. Wow. And, and I, you know what, you guys, I, I felt kind of guilty. Cause I was like, kind of mad. I was like, where's the mom? She's like an hour and a half late, you know, in my, this is like inside. Yeah. And of course I'm not going to show it. Right. <laughs> but the Lord's like, Nova, take that to me. Like, even those things you can bring to me. Like, you might be mm-hmm. frustrated, but like right now, because honestly, you guys, I was mad. I was like mad I had to sit and I was like, I'm going to get sick, you know, all this stuff. And the Lord's like, just, would you just, would you just, would you just be with me? And would you just be with her? Would you speak life over her? And it was interesting. I had some very specific things the Lord told me to share with her. And this poor little thing, she could hardly receive it. And it, mm. I told her how much the Lord loved her. And she just looked at me like, and then she threw up everywhere. And I was like, okay, Lord, there's so many littles. And we, I go all the way back to 2020, these kids who couldn't be in school, just needing us to love them and be present with them. And Christina, you know what you're doing with those kids. It's like the littles too. They're so broken. They're they're so not feeling worthy of love. And Mm. I'm like, Lord, that is your agenda to for us to love the marginalized for us to look for the widows and the orphans and bless them and honestly guys that is like um that is i think you know the lord just increasingly showing me that that is a true true religion and um i just i i don't know man this week was a wild week it was it felt like just a lot of giving out and pouring out and um, a lot of to be honest with you, a lot of discouragement. And I, I, I feel the, I feel talk about getting in the ring. I feel like I'm, I'm in the ring and then I'm like punched out and flying out of the flying out into the crowd and like trying to get back in the ring to like, I'm okay. It's okay. We're going to be okay. And it has been, it's been a fight from physical Mm -hmm. stuff to emotional stuff to, you know, um, leaders we've poured into that just, you know, um, just uh, not not where we would where we want to see them because we know their potential yeah. and how amazing they are, you know. So honestly, I come to you feeling a little beat up, but so thankful, thankful yeah, for dude. the opportunity. I'm thankful for the opportunity, honestly, to see my own heart being kind of like mad about having to be at the puke kid, and yet the Lord's like, "This is exactly where I want you. I want you to be at the pukers." He wanted, <laughs> he wanted you to, he wanted you to leave the 99 and go after the one. Cause that's right. what he does. Yeah. 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 So, and, um, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful I, you know, Nova. You know, no too. Like, you know, when you, when I I'm, I'm processing Miche's comment about once the Holy spirit comes into our lives, right. He starts the process of changing us forever And, you know, a lot of times we think that that's like this destination, this journey that we're on. And then someday we get to this place where we're changed. But no, it's a series of small moments and small decisions where, for example, sitting in that car, you had the moment of, 
okay, hold on a second. Holy Spirit's now coming in, talking to mm. you. And you're like, why am I here? And he's like, mm. well, because I got your daughter. Can I got her. She's fine. Can you yeah. take care of mine? Could you give mm. up your desire for five seconds to partner mm. with me in caring for all of these kids by kind of letting go of the 99 because they're great mm. and pay attention to this one because that's me. That's what I do, daughter. I yeah. need you to be my hands yeah. and feet. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting, Cynthia. And I never play my music to like anybody. (laughs) It's online, but I never play it and I never talk about, but God told me to play this, this girl, two of my songs. And one of them was um, a song I wrote about Jesus and Mary in regard to me and my son called mother and son. And then another one about deeper being deeper than the skin we're in. And she sat there and she's like, my mom would cry over that song. Like she didn't have all this emotion, but she was like, processing the words of like, I'm more than what people say I am on the outside. And he, she, she carries some things that she, you know, I think she has to overcome. And God told me to share these things. And we had this, the most amazing conversation about the truth about God and how he sees her and how she's so beautiful. And it was just kind of the best thing ever. You know, it was just so beautiful. And I'm like, Lord, um, these are, these are, you're just, you said it, Cynthia, these are the moments. And this is part of our transformation, letting go of our expectations and letting go of our agendas of what we think a perfect mom is going to the thing and buying the kids thing. So I'm like, you know, my daughter's uh, friends love me, right? It's like, that is so self-centered. What mm. the heck? Like when I say it out loud, I'm like, I am a jerk. And <laughs> um, and just letting go and just going, just be present. Just like love yeah, these kids, love people in front of you, love them and, yeah. be, a- and be available to whatever yeah. God has. And the Holy Spirit, will show us he will and he does and sometimes it takes like uh are you gonna listen to me like that and then other times it it feels simpler but it's just part of the like learning process yeah listening listening yeah and sometimes i think we're so scheduled and regimented that's how Mm -hmm. i tend to be like i'm very much like because especially when our team and i are on tour Sometimes we have so many events and they always kind of look to me to like wrangle the chickens. Like me and my tour manager were like, okay, time to go guys. Like we got to be here at this time. And that's just how I've lived. My life is kind of like by times. And if someone says to be somewhere at five, like I'm there at four fifty-five. Like right. I just, cause I think yeah. growing up being Indian, Indian people are always late for everything. Like I scheduled a five <laughs> dinner family on Saturday. It showed about five 30. And I was like, why, why are we five 30 minutes late? But you know, even like, my friend Tom, you know, like we're organizing our NorCal tour. We're, we have like a 10 day tour we're doing through Northern California. We're doing like, you know, skate parks and churches and all this stuff. Um, and I even called him a couple days ago and I was like, Hey Tom, what night do we have free? Cause if we have a night free, cause we usually do like, you know, we're doing skate park, church event, skate park, church event. And he's like, Oh, we have, you know, this day free. And I was like, okay, I have a church that I could, you know, potentially head up to do like an event or whatever. Right. And he was just like, you know, Christina, like, do we really need to fill that night? And I was like, well, Tom, like if we're out there, like we got to fill the schedule. He's like, you know, Christina, we just have this really good conversation Mm -hmm. where he's like, maybe it's on that night that the Lord is going to lead us to do like a baptism, you know, because sometimes we'll do like spontaneous baptisms, you know, like at a river or maybe that's the night that God wants us to minister to a family over dinner or Mm -hmm. something, you know, and sometimes I think even in my own life, I, the Lord really like convicted me, like Christina, sometimes you're so scheduled that you don't leave 
the spontaneous things that I want to do, kind of like what mm-hmm. Nova said. And I'm sometimes I'm like, oh, like, so I've had to learn how to just kind of like go over the years. Um, And even now where I'm like, yeah, dude, like, it's so true, even on tour, where that's why we're there, that I have to leave room for what um, God wants to do. The Holy Spirit wants to do with you, dude, because I'm very much like, like, I love, I love schedules. I love, like, that's what I love. Even with like, when my agents send me like a list, they're like, this is your call time. This is what you're going to do. Like, I love that because it, it just lets me know what I have, what the game plan is. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's like, I'm not going to give you a game plan. We're right. going to, yeah. can I tell you, do you, do you yeah. feel, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just, no, I was just going to say, can I share something with you, uh, yeah. Chris, Christina? Um, and I don't know, um, CR, if you'll get this or, or Nova, or if anybody watching is going to get this, but you know, when you've had, um, abuse in your past, especially as a child, um, one of the things you thrive on is order. Um, yeah, you know, no, really that just, yeah, yeah. that just explains so much. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Think about it because circumstances and situations came against you that were out of your control that you could not control that freaked you out, that traumatized you, that caused all these emotions and all this brokenness you get to here you are today. And so one of the things that we can do, um, when you're a victim of some kind of childhood traumas, we become controlling. We want to control this. We want to fix that. We want to make sure this is held. I mean, I have some girlfriends who are much older who have this issue and I watch them and it's like, wow, God, you can become 20 years, 30 years, 40 years older than we are right now and still not get this lesson. Please, I don't want that, you know? And yeah. And the thing is, so God is a God of order. He yeah, likes right. order. God is not a God of chaos. That's the enemy. Mm-hmm. However, the chaos can often be inside of us. Number one, number yeah, two, our seeking to control and have order can be a result of chaos inside of us coming mm-hmm. out. And number yeah. three, a lot of times the order, like, right. Like you're talking about Christina, that that's a blessing. And then when you're healthy, you see, okay, I've got my schedule great. This is a blessing. My life, I'm living my life. I got order. I have appointments I have this, but within that, there has to be room for the Holy Mm. spirit to say, okay, now let me breathe through this because I need to impact people as you go, you know, if we're his vessel, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. My husband's good with that. I'm so like anal. I, I, well, actually when we first got married, I was just like, boom, 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 boom. And he's like, Whoa, girl, you need to relax. And I I think over the years I've had to learn that it it is actually a kind of an interesting thing about when you partner with in marriage with somebody who can help draw those things out of you actually. But I, I, I definitely, um, I had some traumatic things happen in my childhood that, you know, so that actually, for me, that also makes sense why I was so wanting to be in control of every little thing, including when I had an eating disorder and I, I needed to like know exactly what's going on in my body and how many calories and blah, 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 blah. I was very, I, I'm very much had to be in control of all those things. And so that does actually make a lot of sense. That and then once too. you, once you become more free in Christ and you mm-hmm. like you, those things kind of begin to fall off you. And right. I think they fall off like layers. Yeah. I think they fall off in layers. Sometimes well, they, I, I guess it can be immediate, but 
there definitely falls off from fell off for me in layers anyway. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, so I think it, and the process of letting the Holy Spirit, like right, the word says, be ye continually transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ Jesus. Well, that it, it implies and it tells us, you know, this is a continual process that you're not just complete overnight. I right. do think and I have seen people have a bunch of chains fall off in a moment. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. then again, then again, they step in to the process now. And, you know, and I think, look, God is merciful and he's just, and he knows what he created with each of us. Some of us need deliverance from a number of our chains right away. And then, then there are the other ones that he gets over time, slowly peeling mm-hmm. away the layers. Because I do think in a lot of ways, the chains that bind us also help us to grow. Because, you know, when something's got a hold of you, right? and you're trying to pry it apart. And if you can't rip it off in one thing, what happens is you start taking it off finger by finger. And then when you bring this finger, you go, oh, look at that. That was there because of X, Y, and Z. Oh, that may mean that this finger means this. Oh, let me peel that one off. And oh yeah, look at what was under that finger and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, as you've peeled you know, this chain, this hold on you off, you've learned a whole lot of stuff that was Mm. there, you know, that was in that hand. And so I think that's why you can have moments. Like, I think Christina, you said this earlier, um, where all of a sudden you look up and you go, Whoa, my response to this particular situation was completely different than it would have been three years ago, five years ago, three days ago, you know? And because all of a sudden you realize that you are being transformed you know, by Christ, you are having a supernatural change occurring Mm -hmm. in your life. And I think it's the most important part of moving on and moving forward from the trauma of church, from the traumas of our childhood, from, you know, the trauma that we've all been through in the last couple of years with the pandemic and the lockdown. Although I didn't experience it as trauma. I think I know a lot of people did. I didn't, I experienced it as a blessed, wonderful time of reset you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I, I really, you know, it would have been different. I think if I had some small children who were stuck at home, you know, because I know that a lot of kids really did not do well, you know, being stuck at home. I mean, there were suicides yeah. and mm-hmm. Dude, it was so bad hard home, really hard home lives, really a lot of abuse that get, well, I know like the stories that we yeah. saw just a, a ton of abuse, physical, yeah. emotional, spiritual abuse like a lot of abuse happen and and we're we're definitely seeing the effects of that for sure Cynthia I I know too one thing that uh, even out of this conversation and out of last week as well but like I I feel like the Holy Spirit has kept on kind of bringing to my mind like well what are you hungry for now because Mm. like what you're hungry for um you you got to prepare to eat that meal like so what are, what are you willing to do to partner mm-hmm. with me to make the meal that you're actually hungry for? And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, wow. I guess I may, maybe it's part of the same question, but just maybe just like, what am I willing not only to give up, but what am I willing to prepare for? Mm-hmm. And, and how, so do you, how, do, how to use this in-between time of transition? Because I think all of us have been in somewhat of a transition. How do I use that? And what? how do I prepare for that? Not in a controlling way, but in a way to like, if I'm really hungry for that, what am I willing to do 
to, to eat the meal that I'm hungry for. Wow. Wow. Right. Like, like if you want a wife, if you want a spouse, what are you willing to do to be the spouse that you claim that you want? You know? Yeah. Oh, that's you, so true. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, a, 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 right. Like, like my, our single sister down there, right. Mic drop, <laughs> mic drop, but it's you got to be like, the one instead of searching for the one. So many people are searching for the one, but you got to be the one right. that you know, like, dude, so many, can I just say this real quick? <laughs> yes. People out there, bro. So many of the single people out there are like, I want my spouse to be this and this and this and this. And I'm like, Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a catch that you're picturing. But are you that catch that Amen. they were looking for? Like, where's the stars? Where's do, the stars? We need a mic. Where's the stars? Like, dude, even <laughs> like when I picture like my horse, right? My horse, the, my first horse that I had last year came off the biggest racetrack in the US, right? At Santa Anita, had Secretariat in his lineage. He was royalty through and through, right? I had to grow into being that leader that my horse needed me to be for him. And it caused me to grow. And I was like, so he was here and I had to match that. Right. So that he Mm -hmm. felt safe with me. I had to be a confident leader and I could say that I wasn't that, but I'm realizing that even with so many people, they're sitting around, not doing anything with their lives, wanting someone in their lives who's fabulous and whatever, but it's like, bro, what are you doing with your life? Are you like, what are you like, are you taking care of yourself? Are you pursuing your calling? Do you know your identity in Christ? Like who are your friends? Because you don't want someone who's not doing anything with their life. Like I wouldn't want someone who's not doing anything with their life. Like I want someone, dude, we've been through this rodeo. Okay. I want someone who's out there doing it. Like I want someone who I see and I'm just like, Oh, for sure. Like they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. We're going to do our thing together. Amen. That's all. Sorry. Right. No. And what is, what is the thing that you're doing? You know, so much of this world measures success by, by people doing things that, I mean, I sit here and I go, well, that's great that this person has two or 3 million followers on Instagram doing that thing. Yeah. But that's not a thing they should be doing. Like, that's not doing anything. That's like setting a bad example. That's showing girls that, you know, they should aspire to have a big old pair of fakies and wear nothing on the bottom. <laughs> like, no, seriously, yeah. it's really like, I really, I, you know, if I actually said nine, 90, okay. So look, I'm really real with myself. Okay. Uh, I've always been the girl that looked in the mirror and said, well, you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be dating him because forget his issue or her issue. This is your issue. You got da 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 going on and you just need to keep it real. And one of the things my husband has always said about me was, God, I married you because I'd never met another woman who was more real with herself. I mm. tried to be real with myself about my crap, my stinky stuff, my because I know that God sees and knows he created me. And even if you don't believe in God here, for all of you who don't believe in God, who sometimes laugh at these shows where we talk about seeing stuff through God's point of view, come here. I invite you to the table. Oh, foolish one. (laughs) You, if you think you can hide from yourself and not be real with yourself, you're crazy. Like, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to even know that God knows. Do you know? Like when you look in the mirror, most of us know what's up with ourselves. 
And if you're really real, you need, you want to acknowledge it and deal with it because that's how you grow and get better. And so I say that to say, because of that, I just oftentimes can look at a lot of other situations and people and I just see all the stuff. I see it. I see the issues. I see the struggles. I see the brokenness. I see the, I see the sin. I see the rebellion. I see the confusion. I see the lost. I see the lost. Why? Because I was there. And, and so if I called it as I really see it, 99% of the time, I mean, I think a lot of people would feel completely annihilated by the truth that would come out of my mouth to them. But a lot, but I think what, when you partner with the Holy Spirit and he asks you the question moment by moment, and this is what I realized about the question from last week where we ended, what are you willing to do to be the change you want to see mm-hmm. in the world? There's, it, there's not a destination in that question. Like I could mm-hmm. say, I'm willing to always paint my trees green. But in reality, what am I willing to do to be the change in the church? That's a question I need to answer every day moment by moment. And I need to be willing to do what God wants me to do. Mm. Because I realize that on some days, God may say to me, daughter, I know you told me six months ago that you're willing to paint the trees green or chop them down, but I don't want you to paint this tree green. This tree does not need to be painted green or chopped down. What I want you to do is I want you to water this particular tree because I intend to paint this tree purple. You know, God wants, mm. I think to what we need to be willing to do in every moment, Nova, you did it in that moment. What are you willing to do to be the change in the church? What you were willing to do, Nova, was to sacrifice the entire day that you wanted in your little girl heart with your little girl and all of her friends. And there was nothing wrong with wanting to be super mom. What a worthy goal in a world where women are willing to just abort their babies, rip them out of their uterus and kill them at 60 days old, which is legislation that they want to pass in California. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to be super mom. Oh, that we would have super moms all over the world who would reach out to some young person right now and decide to just mentor them and mother them because they don't have anybody else in their lives. And, and it's not about blood. It's about your heart condition. Will you be a mom? Will you be a sister? Will you be a brother? Will you be a father? Will you be a friend? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what will, because that is our willingness to partner with God in doing that is going to be the change that we want to see in the church. We are the change. We. Amen. I love that though. I mean, even just talking about the daily process of even asking the question, because like, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting so much from today. Like, honest, I'm sitting here, not just being, it's not even conviction. Cause I, I don't feel like there's any shame within all of this of like how I've, whatever. I don't want anyone to feel like condemned or whatever, but I feel so provoked to yet again go, wow, it's not about the big stage. It's not about the the big issues or whatever. It's like, I can be the change. Like, just like what Nova's saying of just, and what Cynthia and Christine, what what you're all saying is like being open and available. What does he want me to do today? And then being committed to the fact that it's a process. It's like, I mean, when you really think about it, yes, this transformation process. And like, I'm just in relationship with my best friend and in relationship, we grow and we learn and we, well, I grow and I learn. He's not really, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, Whoa, like what an honor. I literally am sitting here going, what an honor. And I just, I feel compelled to just even surrender. Like what, what I think should be done. 
you know, we kind of talked about last week. It's like, I'm giving up my own rights here. Okay. My plans, what I think should be done. My wisdom is trash compared to like what he's doing, what he wants. Yeah. Christina, because what, what you said earlier is so relevant. You said that your answer, you know, when we kind of presented the question last week, what are you willing to do to be the change in the church? Your answer was, okay, I'm willing to forgive. And you had an experience where you needed to forgive. That is awesome. But, but, but honestly, what if God said, what if all of a sudden you go, there's nobody left to forgive? Because, okay. And what if God said, Christina, I don't really need you to forgive this person. I need you to speak the truth in love to this person. And that's not going to yeah. sound like forgiveness to them. It's going to sound like the truth. Or Christina, mm. I need you to, you know, um, whatever it is, do what Nova did. You know, don't go in the don't go in the science museum or wherever with with, you know, Josh or Nikki. I need you to sit in the car and I need you to hold this little child while she vomits all over the place. And I need you to tell her about Jesus because nobody Mm -hmm. in her house, unbeknownst to you, may be telling her about that. You know, it's like he's going to ask us to do all these things. And I mean, I I'm just kind of I don't know. I've been thinking about the question all week. Like, okay, if moving on and moving forward from these conversations we've been having about the state of affairs of the church and helping, trying to help people and us love and embrace the church in a new, more committed way. If that means answering the question, what am I willing to do to be the change in the church? I, I don't know. For me, it kind of looks like I, I need to be willing to do whatever God asks me to do. Because mm-hmm. if I try to isolate any one thing, um, there may be things that I'm like, oh, I don't really want to commit to doing that all the time. or, And then that's my own stuff getting in there, right? Or or if I try to isolate one thing, maybe it's, yeah, okay, I'm going to do that. I can do that. But what if he wants me to do that, which I really don't want to do and mm. really can't do? So the best I can commit to, at least just me personally, the best I know I can commit to right now today is to hold his hand to walk with him, to try in spite of myself to actually let him use me as a vessel and, Mm. and, and to, you know, live according to his word and not according to my feelings. So good. Yes. Which is Uh, a lot because feelings are real. Yeah, they are. And they're also deceptive (laughs) as well. I mean, I think of like how many times in my, immaturity and in the extremeness of my nature, I will feel something and then act upon that, act upon that. And later on go, that wasn't even reality. (laughs) Like I totally just, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, assumption, you know, and I think I just, I think what you're saying, Cynthia is so important for us to hear here. And I just love that. I honestly, I love the progression of the last five weeks, six weeks of talking about this because we start off going, these are real pains and these are real hurts. It's not to minimize that at all. But I love how this whole moving forward, it's its not in going, tear that person down. That person needs to lose their position. Da, 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 da. It's not exacting justice of our own terms or what we think is right. But it's going, what were you saying? Surrendering. Jesus, yeah. what do you want me to do today? And it could mm-hmm. be as simple as loving a puking kid. Or I love, Nova, your story last week of, an 80 year old soiling her pants and finding her pants. Like, oh. I, I don't know why I think we've gotten our world right now is all about numbers. How many views do you have? How many 
um, followers do you have? That's mm-hmm. your impact. That's your influence. How many people come to your church? Like how many campuses do you have? Like, oh my God, I feel like yeah, God root that out. Like pull it out of me because yeah. that is not, I mean, your kingdom could look like that, but your kingdom could not look like that either. Like, like, yeah. How are we actually being his hands and feet? How are we actually being Jesus to yeah. the people around us? And a lot of the times, like mm-hmm. we've been like reading through the gospels as a family and like, especially over Holy Week and just seeing like, how, who did Jesus go to? Who did he talk to? Mm-hmm. It was right. the nobodies. It was the people yeah. that like were not only looked down upon, but were like completely rejected. And like how often it makes me go, okay, how about now when I get like invited to like this person's house or that person's house, who like, it's like, I see my own tendency and temptation to be puffed up with, well, this leader, it's affirming now because this leader, you know, wants me to minister with them when, and in fact, God came for the sick and the poor and the rejected and the people, the lepers who no one would even touch. That's what I'm like, Amen. I'm just getting, I'm getting just realigned today. And I, I also love, I'm just like, CB, you go for it. She like you going out ministering to the poor to the to the homeless to the children like yeah yes and amen and more to that and I want to likewise do that within my sphere and not be a respecter of man I don't want to be a respecter of man and I in the same way I don't want to let the guy on the stage who's doing x y and z behind behind the stage I don't want to let that deter me from being who I'm supposed to be and serving and loving the people that I'm supposed to love. That's the thing, Christina. I think that is the thing right there. And we can always look back and go, that sucked. That sucked. That's awful. But I think we need to use that past as education for the future to go, okay, we're moving forward and we're moving through. And, and, you know, like we are deciding to be the church essentially. Right. Yeah. Even when no, like when nobody around us is being the church, when the leader of the church isn't being the church, we're going to be the church. I mean, I, you know, you guys, I get the funniest story. Um, so kind of where we bought our farm ranch, whatever it's going to be, whatever you want to call it. I mean, right now it's land with no animals on it and all of that. There will but one anyway. day be grandchildren. Yes, on the there ranch. will one day. There will one day be grandchildren. Oh, I hope so many on the on on this <laughs> land, right? Well, it's on this street, and the name of the street is the same is the name of a family. Um, uh, uh, this family, let's call them the Anderson family. And then, so there's the Anderson family, and there are Andersons all up and down the street who own big pieces of land and farms, and all up and down the street. I mean, but like from the late 1800s, early 1900s, like, right? Generations of them. Cousins, you know, nephews, married to this, blah, 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 blah. And also on the street, there's the Anderson Family Baptist Church. And like, literally, like, you know, the Anderson, you know, uh, convenience store. It's really funny. Most of them are selling or moving on. A lot of them are still there. But it's, I asked a story one day about the church that was there. It's the cutest little white Southern, like little church with the cross steeple on top. I want to get married in that church. Yeah. Well, hold on a second. Let me tell you about the church. But it's um, so-, so wait. So one of the Andersons, I'm using a different name because, to, you know, because I think that's right. Yeah. Um, tells me, I was like, I think it is so cool that you guys have your own church that was started, obviously, you know, through a couple of generations back by your family members and do you all go to church there still? 
And, and she was like, oh no, this is one of the, one of the family members that we bought our, you know, their property from. She goes, oh no, we haven't gone there in years. I'm like, well, that's so weird. The street has your name. The, 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 you know, the farm has your name. The church has your name. What do you mean you haven't gone there in years? She said, well, because we had this pastor and he came in and then everybody found out in the church. I mean, we all knew that he was having an affair with two of the girls in the church and his wife wasn't saying anything about it. And so oh, we I don't thought, want to get married in the church. Wait, 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 wait. So she says, so we thought as the elders that we should go and talk to the man, you know, because he was over our church and we figured we should do that. And it's so cute the way she's describing this, right? With her accent and the whole thing real slow and like matter of fact. And she said, and you know, he said, well, y'all are just being judgmental and you should mind your own business and work on your own sin. And she said, now he had a point. We all needed to work on our own sin. She said, but you know, as a woman of God, can I just ask you this question? She said, you know, we all eventually just stopped going to the church because we figured, well, we might have a mess to work on, but I don't think we're supposed supposed to support this pastor with his wife and his two affairs every day in the front row, giving each other nasty looks, those extra two women. And the wife was giving every both of the women bad looks from she was, it just seemed messy. So now we don't know what's going on with that church. Wait, I was on the ground laughing. Okay. I was literally, I was like, I, dude, wanted to I my would bed. have been passed out, dude. I was, I literally, I was like, I think I'm literally falling over. And all I could think in every time I drive by that church, I have named and claimed that church. I want that church. I want that church. I want that church for the glory of God. I want to erase the stain on that church. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it makes me think so much about the church. Like, and, and because it was erected as an honor to God, but yet man made it a mess and the, the flock wasn't, didn't know how to deal with it. Right. And so I think all of us, you know, here we are, his, his, his flock, you know, we're, we're the Lord's flock. And, and, and some of us are called to be shepherds. You know, I think each and every one of us, we know, you know, we're called to be shepherds, but we're also part of the flock. We're also sheep as well. I just really think that we really, we can be the change by taking back that which others have also taken for granted and soiled and dirtied. And we don't have to judge them. I never need to meet this pastor. He may or may not even still be there at this church, right? It's just a funny story from years gone by now. But what I see when I look at that building every time I drive past it is a place that is no longer the shining testimony of God that it was built to be hundreds of years ago. And I cannot help in my heart, but feel like I want, I want that building. I want it. And I want to do something with it. And I want to turn it back into a place that glorifies the Lord. And that guy should be fired, dude. I don't know if he's even still there. Cynthia. I mean, I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, is it not God's heart to go? I want my church. I want my church. Wow. That's good. Noah. Like I want her like, no matter mm. what's going on, I want that church mm. for mm-hmm. my glory. Yeah. I mean, as you were saying it, mm. I just got Holy spirit goosebumps. He's looking at us, mm. all of us going, I just want you. Mm. I yeah, just really bro. want you. Dude. It's what he died for. He came and died 
yes for his bride like what a dirty bride bro that, like right a dirty wedding that, dress i, I mean dust i, I think mud. it's i i sit here and i'm going wait like i, I just feel like i'm just kidding like, like my i feel like my mindset was so small at the beginning of this conversation like like six weeks ago and now my eyes just the expansion of like the way mm. i mean viewing it now the having more compassion having more understanding not to not to wipe over and say it's okay right but to go i i guess i guess before i i am so guilty of taking man's sin and brokenness and placing it above the cross and then going i I basically just spit on the cross and said it wasn't good enough look at how dirty your bride is and it's like oh my god this is like why you came and all the all that i'm responsible for is myself right now at this point you know and and knowing that that's going to affect those around me, it's going to shift things. And I don't know. I just want to, I want to like repent before you guys and just say, I'm sorry for, I just feel so childish now to go. Mm. I've exalted my pain. I've exalted the injustice inflicted against me, against others over, over the work of what Wisdom. exactly what Jesus came to do. And that's Ooh. not okay. Christina, wow, that is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Mic drop. I'm not saying right. it would be beautiful, but I like. I know you're not, not, and that's why it's beautiful. Mic drop. <laughs> I'm literally not living like Jesus is who He said He is, and who He has continuously proven to be. If yeah. He, it says, it says in His Word that He is going to present us pure and spotless to the Father. You don't mm. think that when he says he's going to do something, he's not going to do it. And it's like, I'd never want to give in oh to something gosh. that's going to be in opposition yeah. of mm. what he's doing. And can yeah. I just give a testimony? There's this one yeah. building. <laughs> it was so bad. My bitterness. I didn't realize. I, I just, I kind of blamed on, I just have PTSD. Girl, I I was, I was, I, it was a cop out. I would drive past this building. I'd get triggered. I'd get angry. And I'd be like, oh, like, I'm so angry about this. And I don't even know why. My husband, wonderful, he's just like, Christina, I'm concerned for you. Before it was like, all right, you're hurt. Let's work through this. But he's like, but now I'm concerned that you are in opposition of what God wants to do through a place just because you are angry at like five people. He's like, you need to go work on that, girl. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. And I have been like in my weakness, turning it over to the Lord. And you know what? I drive by that within the last like few days or so I've been driving by and I've been seeing what's like what they're doing and what like how they want to like serve the Lord through that place. And I've been getting excited for them. And that you guys is another miracle. The fact that my nasty little heart can change by doing my little, my little 2% week, like Jesus, I don't want, I want to be with you. I want to be on your mm-hmm. side. I don't want to be against you. He can do it guys. Like he yeah. really can. At the yeah. end of the day, I'm sitting here going, I'm nasty. I'm nasty, but you say I'm beautiful and I want to ex- I want to walk in the beauty that you see in me. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm really convicted right now. <laughs> oh, I get it. Listen, I get it. I get it. And conviction is a beautiful thing. You know, we're, we're talking about moving on and moving forward. I think conviction is a part of moving on and moving forward. Yes, girl. Yes. Sometimes you just go, <laughs> you said the cross before me, leave it all behind me, right. no turning back. CB, totally. Like, I mean, sometimes it just, I mean, look, it takes the conviction of the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm praying now 
two Chronicles, right? Uh, seven, 14, I think it is. You know, if my people who call themselves by my name would mm-hmm. humble themselves and oh, repent, and- then would I, you know, hear you. Like, he's not saying like, if all the unbelievers out there, if all the people that hate me out there, you know, right. no, he's saying if my people, okay, listen, you guys, I've given you so much power. I've get. I've given you so much power that if you would just stop your own wicked spiral of self and selfishness and anger and bitterness and fear and frustration and humble yourself before me, just come to me. I'm your dad. Humble yourself. Come on. You're not the king of your own life or the queen of your own life. Come before me, humble yourself and just repent. Okay. I'm sorry for all that crap I've been in. I've been in a spiral. I've been angry at that building. That building represents a lot of stuff. Okay. You know, I've been angry at that person. Maybe I still am, but I'm here. I'm humbling myself before you repent, right? Repent just means to turn from it. Okay. I'm going to turn and I'm going to go the other way from this anger, this fear, this pain, this, this, mm, this bitterness and, and, and pray. And then God promises he will hear and he will heal and he will change. I mean, what if all we're willing to do to be the change in the church is just to do that every day? That's it. We would live in healing. You know, we would live in, in, in the wholeness, not just us, but, but millions of people around the world and, and in our communities, because we've got more power than unbelievers. That's right. I said it. I believe it. I believe that those who are filled with the spirit of Christ are much more powerful than those that are filled with the spirit of this world and the antichrist. We are. Look at it. Who, when you're going through something, who are you drawn to? Are you drawn to people that are going to co-sign your pain and your, no, maybe for a minute you are, but what you're really drawn to is the light of Christ and the power of Christ and the wisdom of Christ that's inside of some of those people that you reach for when you're going Mm -hmm. through some, look, when I'm going through something and I need prayer, I go straight to these girls and I say, can you pray for this? I need prayer about that because I know that our their prayers reach the throne room. I'm not going to like a bunch of people who are lost and confused about their identity, who are out there struggling in a club. I'm not asking them for prayer. I mean, God love them, but their prayers probably are completely hindered by inebriation or by whatever else they're like into or doing. There's no power. In, in anything except the prayers of the righteous. Because he has said to us, all you got to do is this. Humble yourselves, repent of your own mess, and then will I hear your prayer in heaven. And it doesn't mean that he's going to, look, I, I, I don't, he's going to for, forgive sin and heal the land. And in the healing of the land, we have to trust that God is just and his justice is is eternal and for all time. He may remove leaders from pulpits. He may. He may strike people down. He may. He may actually leave them in place as messy and as bad a leader as they are because he's achieving something else through them. And when he's done using them, it look, it's on him. It's his. We don't know what the restoration and the healing looks like. We just know that he promises it will come. And I, you know, I want to live in a, with a healed mind and soul. And and I want the church and the people around me to be healed and healthy. I want my son, you know, to walk in healing and holiness. And, and I forget a lot of times that it's our prayer. 
I mean, I literally forgot it. You guys know I shared something with you yesterday. It was the direct result of prayer. Out of the blue, come on. Something I'm praying for just happens. Yeah. Now, Lord, I pray that you let it last in Jesus' name. Yeah, dude. And Cynthia, can I say something? Like, even so, I think there's some people who are in a position right now where they are currently seeing injustice, where they are currently seeing leaders in place that shouldn't be, where they are currently um, in the thick of something. And they're probably wondering, like, how do I navigate it? Or how do I leave this in God's hands, knowing that he will deal with it? Because sometimes I think we have the mentality of it's our job to expose. It's our job to correct. It's our job to whatever. But there's some things that sometimes the Lord is like lay down and watch my justice like come to pass. Yeah. And there's things, dude, even in my life where I've had to, like, even with my family situation, even with other things, you know, that I won't share on, you know, publicly on here, privately with you girls, where I've had to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to lay down on this one. And I'm going to let you do it. You know, I'm going to let you work it out because there's sometimes we could get so worked up and those people who are uh, not being good, you know, examples in the body or those people who have done us wrong. Sometimes we can spend all our energy and time taking them to court, but there's sometimes you got to lay down and let the Lord be your lawyer and let him bring the justice and deal with those people because the Lord has a way of dealing with people that protect. Sometimes we want this like public, like mm. logging or public like exposure, but sometimes those public exposures really wound a lot of sheep and a lot of people worldwide, like what we see with Hillsong, but sometimes the Lord has a way of taking people out that protects his sheep and his people. Mm. And instead of focusing so much on like the wrong, the wrong, the wrong, the enemy could use that as a distraction to keep us on what God would have for us to do. So there's things even in this season of life that the Lord's like, lay down, remove yourself from a situation and watch me work it out. And I'm just like, okay, Lord, I'll let you do that. Cause those things could be a distraction to deter us and hinder us from the work God has for us to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Amen. You guys. And I'm, I'm, I am realizing we have gone really long today. Um, and it's always a, a blessing being with you. Why don't we just, why don't we just pray? Let's pray real quickly and, and just kind of close us out. And, you know, God, I, I just ask that you would help us to be the change. And as Anna writes, even when the other person won't be the change, even when the other person mm-hmm. can't be the change, even when the other person doesn't see that they should change. And Lord, help us to be humble enough to be the change, even when we think it's all about the other person and it may be all about ourselves. Lord, forgive us for the pride that pushes so much of ourself forward in every situation, Lord. And Lord, we do repent. We repent of all of the things that often bind us up, all of the desires of our flesh, all of the need for being heard or or validated or whatever it may be. We live in a nation and in a world where it's all about being seen and, and young people are doing more and more crazy things just to be seen and noticed and stand out from the crowd. And Lord, those things are fueled by sin. So we ask that you would forgive us 
forgive this nation, forgive the Western church and the freedom that we've had on social media and the freedom in the world and around the world that we've just misused, Lord. And Father, I ask that you would restore your bride, heal your church, and let that healing begin with each and every one of us. And let us move on and move forward in total victory, Father, because we have been thirsty for you, just like those kids that Christina Boudreau talked about at the open of today's, today's Girl Club session, Lord. Man, let us, let us worship you with joy. Let us live for you with joy. Let us love you with joy. Let us praise you today with joy. In fact, I pray that each and every one of us would turn on some worship music and just walk out the rest of this day in joy, Lord, doing what we were created to do, which is to worship you, Father, in mm-hmm. spirit and in truth. For now is the time. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen, sisters. I love you guys. I got to go too. But Amen, you guys. Love you. Love you. We'll trust love you guys. See you all. Thanks for joining us, you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a blessed week. And we hope that you've been blessed by Girl Club and some of the, the, the experiences that we're sharing with you. We'll see you next time. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.